Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Is that the full poop? And nothing but the poop. <laughs> the Bob Seska Show. Here we go with a brand new week from our nation's capital. It is Tuesday, January 18, 2022. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 364 of the Biden-Harris administration, 294 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram, the Bob Seska, or the Bob Seska, if you will. And I'm on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. And look, it's sitting right over there. It's Buzz Burbank. When you say Buzz Burbank. Hi. You Hi. said it all. What's happening? Uh, hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Hi. It's great, great to be here. Um, Absolutely. He's Bob. Uh-huh. I'm Buzz. And we've both been banned from competing in the Australian Open. <laughs> I barely know anything about this story. I just know Both a little us, bit. Really? Yeah, just enough. Yeah. Both of us? Yeah. Uh, uh, some parts of the Northeast, and certainly you've seen your share of it, Bob. Uh, <laughs> some parts of the Northeast got as much as two feet of snow yesterday. Barf. Two feet of snow. Barf. And, and as the New York Times points out, this spells real trouble for Joe Biden. <laughs> I don't know how... Connects, but of course that's what they wrote. <laughs> uh, and, and also in the news, uh, in exchange for immunity from prosecution, mm-hmm. uh, accused pedophile Matt Gates's ex-girlfriend has now testified for a grand jury. Yes, after prosecutors wrote a permission slip for a middle school. So. <laughs> Uh, oh, and a hot new game uh, sweeping the country. Uh, maybe you've seen the little uh, yellow and green blocks on Twitter or something. This hot yeah. new game sweeping the country is called Wordle. Uh-huh. And uh, naturally, there are a lot of copycats to this game, everybody cashing in on the craze. Uh, now they're coming out with a game called Dirtle. It's the same game, really, but all the words are dirty. Would you, yep, my would you favorite like version. Dirtle? Yes, yeah, I love yeah. that version myself. It, it turns out uh, certain compounds in marijuana uh-huh. can apparently prevent COVID infection. Yes! In other words, good weed can even get your immunity high. <laughs> but uh, scientists say you'd have to smoke a lot of weed uh, uh-huh. for this to actually work. So right now, the only people with that level of protection are Seth Rogen and Snoop Dogg. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look to them. Uh-huh. Hey, here's here's how bad the disinformation has gotten. Uh, okay. This week, the the kids on my street set up a urinade stand. All right. I've had enough of the cinema girl. Yeah. I can be happy the rest of my life without the cinema girl. She dreams she'll be president, she is a big louse. My dog has a better chance of winning the White House than Cinema Girl. They pharma sent her money now, she wore a vest made from cows. She doesn't stand a chance, she's got too big for her pants, yeah. Brand new Rocky Mountain Mike, Rocky MNTN Mike on Twitter. Thank you much, he, sir. He may become uh, one of the best uh, quartets of all time. Really- <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what? I'm invariably impressed with Mike's vocals. Uh, Mike and yeah. Mary and Ann Arbor, just an amazing duo. They're like the uh, Buckingham Knicks of uh, song parodies. That's a <laughs> really old, really old reference. I was glad to hear him hear, uh, do that song because I, th- I do think a lot of times, or sometime anyway, uh, uh, Rocky Mountain Mike sounds, and this is a compliment because mm-hmm. I love Neil Young, but, I, but yeah. I hear a similarity between his voice and Neil Young's. That's a compliment from me. Yeah, just a great set of pipes on that guy. Yeah. One of these days, he's going to be a big rock star. He's going to get his uh, guitar, get you on a watch. bus, head out west. You, yeah. You just wait. <laughs> It's coming. Speaking of uh, amazing singers, our friend, the great Jody Hamilton, celebrates yes. her birthday today. So happy, happy, hap, hap birthday to Jody Hamilton. Did I just say hap, hap birthday? I don't know what's I think, wrong with uh, hap, today. hap, happy. You can say hap, hap, happy. Hap, happy, yeah. Absolutely. A happy birthday, Jody. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think we're going to end the show today with a, an amazing Jody Hamilton cover song. Her vocals. Oh, just pay a little tribute to her at the end of the show. Uh, so we're going to do that in honor of uh, her birthday. So Yay. again, happy birthday, Jody, yeah. on the show. All right. So uh, lots to talk about today. I, I In fact, I don't even know. We're not going to get to half of what I have on my list here to talk about today. I think we're going to just at least try to can, get to most can, of it. You know, I, doing this show for me is like therapy. Once yeah. a week I get to come in here mm-hmm. and, and, you know, find out if I'm crazy. Uh, and, yeah. You know, <laughs> the jury's still out on that. But but I really need it today uh, <laughs> yeah, because I am torn. Uh, my normally optimistic self has been having a real hard time being optimistic I lately. Know. And you know why. I don't have to tell yeah. anybody listening why you could be – uh, depressed about uh, you know the failure of uh, voting rights and 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 all of this, um, uh, but but at the same time I'm very optimistic uh, when I look to the prosecutions and the way all of this is going between the Justice Department and the January 6th committee. Oh man, this is all this story is tying together very very nicely into a neat little package, and uh, that's exactly what you want in a prosecution. And so I'm very excited about the prospects and optimistic about uh, justice coming. So you you're both pessimistic and optimistic. Is that exactly, what I'm saying? Exactly, Bob. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly, Bob. My glass is half empty and half full. <laughs> 
the best of both worlds. I wish I had some of the half-full attitude right now. It's a shame. You know, I was going to say when you were feeling pessimistic, you know, 30 seconds ago, uh, I was like, yeah, we're both pessimistic. (laughs) And that's probably not a great formula for keeping people at least. uh, Just a clue in the audience, uh, the uh, conversation Bob and I had before the show was not uplifting. It was not. It just just wasn't. So we hopefully we can sort some of this out today and have some fun in the process. Well, one of the things that's been dragging me down, at least in terms of uh, my views of what's happening in the news, my views of our fellow Americans, uh, interchangeably, (laughs) both the bane of my existence. Like, ah, fuck, why why can't we do this? God damn it, why can't we do this? That's like the thing that keeps circulating through my brain. And I, I wish I could stop thinking like that. I wish I could just say, well, you know what? It's Chinatown. What are you gonna do? But one of the things that I keep thinking about, especially over the past, I don't know, three or four days, I don't know why this suddenly occurred to me, because we've been following COVID now for coming up on two years. But one of the things that I feel as though is like the unspoken tragedy of this pandemic, and this relates directly to our inability to think globally, to think in terms of our society, to think in terms of the macro, the big picture. And that is our entire neighborhood. So I I wanted to figure out how many people have died from COVID who never actually had COVID. And I'm not talking about a false negative. Right. I'm talking about people who had other illnesses, other injuries, and were unable to get care in a hospital because ICUs are packed from coast to coast, especially during these spikes. Right. I no one is tracking that number. I imagine it's partly buzz because uh, it's so difficult to find out. I mean, how would you accumulate those figures? How would you figure out uh, how many people have died? Uh, I, who, I would assume. I would assume there are records of uh, patients who were turned away or yeah. applied at various hospitals. There must be some way for somebody uh, smarter than us to to assimilate that information. I will tell you this, and it gives us some perspective. I think. So we know 850,000 Americans have died uh, from uh, coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And we also know now that the most recent 250,000 of those are predominantly people who were not vaccinated. Yeah. Of uh, the vast, vast majority of the most recent 250,000 deaths Mm -hmm. are people who didn't get vaccinated. Uh, most cases, obviously, their own fault, their own yeah. decision, or their own lack of action mm-hmm. um, uh, got them into that. And and those are the very people who are keeping out of the hospital the people you're describing who died because they didn't get proper care, yeah. because room wasn't available, because of unvaccinated COVID patients taking up hospital space. So I discovered in the process of trying to answer my own questions about this, around right. this specific angle of the pandemic, right. where can I I find this information. I did a lot of research over the weekend, did a lot of searching all over the internet yeah. and was unable to find any cumulative number along those lines. And for mm-hmm. reasons right. we just discussed and probably many right. more, what I did find though is a study that was published back in November and just a few months ago. Uh-huh. And it was published by the CDC and it predicted that when the nationwide intensive care unit capacity hits 75%, uh-huh. Meaning ICUs are at least 75% full, an additional 12,000 excess deaths could be expected within the next two weeks. Wow. When hospitals surpass 100% ICU bed capacity, the study suggests 80,000 
excess deaths would be expected two weeks later. This is the real death toll from shirkers and anti-vaxxers. The anti-vaxxers who are landing in the hospital now because they were too irresponsible to get the vaccine or too lazy to put on a goddamn mask when they so went into a grocery store. They're responsible for COVID deaths and other deaths, many other yes. deaths, as well as the many, many COVID deaths. Yes, otherwise responsible people who just had the misfortune of having some other illness, whether, you know, you do the whole list of potentially catastrophic illnesses or catastrophic injuries, and they end up going to the ICU, up, oh, no beds, we got to turn you down, we got to find another place for you, can't find another place for you, you're going to have to go home. And, and very, whatever... Yeah, and whatever the number is today yeah. of the people, and we're losing, we're we're having a nine eleven every two days. We're more than yes. that, really. We're losing more people every two days than we lost in nine eleven every two days. Yeah. where's the outrage for that? Yeah, uh, where's where's the desire to fight back against the enemy COVID and the disinformation that allows it to spread? Yep, where, I, where is that? I, I I don't know. I'm 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 waiting, and I don't mm. think it's coming. Yeah, uh, you know, this is uh, all these deaths from from COVID and and. Uh, the people who were denied coverage, but whatever the number is today of people in the hospital uh, with COVID, uh, that number is expected to triple in the next couple of weeks. Oh God, triple! Damn. That will break the healthcare system. Yeah, it, it it will collapse. And the thing that I keep thinking about, Buzz, is when Omicron first started, it was like, I oh, don't worry about it. It's mild. The hospitalizations are way low now. Don't sweat it. Go out, live your life. Don't worry about it. That was the predominant very attitude. Sick. It yeah. won't, you won't get very <laughs> right, sick. Right, right. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen down the road, but at the time, you won't get very sick. Yeah, yeah. So what's happening is when these spikes occur and the ICUs fill up, these people who are have other illnesses can't get the care they want, and they end up dying, or they end up making their condition so bad that they can't be treated once ICUs start to empty out. So I did a whole thread on Twitter about this. You can find it. It, it starts out with a yes. number one. It says the unspoken death toll, non-COVID patients dying due to overwhelmed hospitals. Uh, you know, I found a bunch of anecdotal stories from people who had this experience that were written about in the press. Uh, this one woman uh, talking about her husband. They're telling me my husband has six to 12 months to live without this procedure, and now they're canceling it on us because the ICUs are filled up. An Army so. veteran says uh, they weren't able to do the procedure on this Army veteran because it had right. been too long that he had to wait with this particular condition. It was too late to do the procedure. Uh, it's another case where uh, in Coleman, Alabama, Ray Demonia was having a cardiac emergency and sought treatment at his local hospital, but he was not admitted because there were no ICU beds available. And the list goes right. on and on and on. Yeah. yeah, we need to spread those stories, those specific stories, yeah. uh, such as the veteran and the other stories uh, that you outlined there. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think because those individual stories would be more meaningful to people. That would be a good thing for the press to do, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that might be a nice thing for the press to do, rather than figuring out a way to blame Joe Biden for the continued pandemic. Like, uh, let's see, who's doing that right now? Well, the entire Everyone. Trump Republican oh. movement, including this guy, uh, Dr. Oz. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Dr. Oz, who's running for Senate in Pennsylvania, as if the world wasn't scary enough. We we're, not, we're not calling him that anymore. We're calling him Mehmet Oz. <laughs> Mehmet Oz. Okay. Uh, various he's not, news not a real doctor? Is that what Various news organizations uh, say that in their coverage, in their political coverage, they will not refer to him as doctor. They will refer to him as Mehmet. <laughs> Thank and, God. Uh, further, his show is canceled because of, you know, because of the because he is a candidate. Yeah. Uh, so he has no show now. Uh, he's he's less of a DR every day. Uh-huh. Well, he tweeted, uh, was it uh, yesterday? He said, today is January 17th, 2022. Oh, congratulations, Dr. Oz. He can use a calendar. He's proving <laughs> his cognizance. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, I know what date it is. Uh, he also said, we are approaching 700 days of 15 days to slow the spread. Let that sink in. POTUS, enough is enough already. When will it end? <laughs> so this is, okay, this is Dr. Oz and people similar to Dr. Oz. Quite a few yes, people. They're yeah, saying, yeah. we refuse to do anything to stop the spread, so suck it. But then they're saying, why aren't you stopping the spread, Joe Biden? Which is exactly <laughs> what you and other people predicted would happen. You, yeah. you said that the Republicans are going to ignore the COVID protocols so that they can blame Joe Biden for the pandemic. And yeah. now they're doing precisely that. Yeah, right, right. Wait, is Dr. Oz really not a doctor? Or are we just I, no, stripping I, I, him of he, that on a I, I think I think he actually is. It's just that okay. uh, news media have decided that in fairness, yeah. he should not have the political advantage of having that DR in front of his name. Right, right. will refer to him as Mehmet Oz and nothing else. And uh, uh, likewise, uh, like I said, losing his TV show. That's What is that? Is that Mehmet Oz's complaint about Fauci is that Fauci never had a TV show? Is that the problem? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, you know. I don't know how they expect Joe Biden to stop the pandemic at this point because they refuse to do anything he wants right. to do. It's like everything that's well, at the disposal it, of the president to, uh, to defeat the pandemic, they're refusing to let it happen. It's so. not even just what he wants to do. Yeah. It's it's the scientific protocol. Right. They're refusing to follow you know the scientific protocol and then blaming Biden for the problem. That's <laughs> yeah. It's no. It's not. It's not Biden. But we're seeing that painted, aren't we? As well as uh, you know glitches in the economy, which is otherwise mm -hmm. gangbusters. Uh, you know we're, we're like the supply chain thing. We're missing eighty thousand truck drivers. We are wow. eighty thousand short of where we were on yeah. truck drivers. That's going to affect the grocery shelves, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it, were I president, I think I would uh, put the military to work driving trucks. That's a good idea. Not a bad idea. I don't know if you can do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think I, you know what? In fact, I think he can nationalize all of it if he You're wanted right, to. Right, yeah, yeah right. it's happened before. Uh, didn't uh, Ronald Reagan nationalize the air traffic controllers? Yes, then, he did. And then fired yes, them did. all, or what, what was yes. it? Yeah, I think that was it. He fired the other ones. He, yeah. Oh, and I see. Okay. It. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. How do we get out of this corner we're painted in? This is yeah. what I keep looking at. Not only with the pandemic and and with uh, the task of saving democracy, yeah. we we're we're stuck. We're we're spinning our wheels at this point and mm -hmm. and not getting anywhere. No matter how hard we try, and we have tried hard. Yeah. It, so for the moment, it's hopeless. Mm -hmm. For the moment, it's hopeless. But there is hope, and it's simple. It's as simple as this. Yeah. Uh, vote. Yeah. Elect more Democrats. Make sure I saw something today. Somebody was saying, "Oh yeah, we got this next election because we sixty percent of the young people uh, say they're voting, uh, and and they're gonna, you know." <laughs> oh was, sure. And I and my reaction was only sixty percent. I'm supposed to get excited about sixty percent? Yeah. You know it. Yeah. If young people are that energetic, I mean, and really it should be, the numbers should be higher for all age groups. Uh, show me eighty five percent. Where's where's that? 
where's that outrage being put to political use? Yeah. Well, and the other thing is the 60% is going to end up being 30% in actuality. 60% of young people will say, oh, yeah, we're totally going to vote. And then Election Day will come around and it'll be like, this time I'm going to kick that football clear to the moon. <laughs> and then they don't vote. Yeah. That's That's a, right. It always, always happens. Oh, the young people, they're fired up but this we, year, we've finally. Got change, and then... we've, got to, we've got to change that. We've got to get them to vote. Absolutely. We've got to get everybody to vote. Mm -hmm. Because of the, uh, we've said this many times, can't say it enough, impress it on your friends. Because we have so many hurdles to overcome, it is important that we not just turn out and vote and do the usual things that we do. Yeah. we got to step it up this time. we yeah, got to yeah. really step it up this time. We need an overwhelming number of voters to get the extra, Democratic senators in the in the Senate, uh, so that we don't have to pay attention to Mansion and Cinema anymore, yeah, and yeah. we can go after them for corruption. But mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime, uh, we just our only hope, our only hope right now, our only hope is to elect more Democrats. That's yeah. the only way we're going to get the voting rights. It's the only way we're going to get the pandemic control uh, is to get true control of the government. We just don't quite have it yet. We're yeah. getting blamed for not getting things done because we don't have complete control. We can change that. Uh, Dan Frumkin <laughs> tweeted this the other day, and it was as if he went into my brain and plucked something <laughs> out of my brain and put it up on Twitter without my yeah. authorization because I, was, I stood up and cheered when he wrote this. He said... I just keep coming back to this. The Republican Party has gone stark raving brown shirt crazy, but is still mm -hmm. expected to win back Congress next year, and political right. journalists are going, yeah, okay, instead of going, what the fuck? Ah! Right. You know, that, and right. that's the exact thing. And I was like, yeah, that's what I've been saying for so many years now. This is one of the hurdles that yeah. we have to overcome, is a relatively useless news media at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and so, uh, like voter suppression, like... Mm -hmm gerrymandering, uh, like everything else that we have to overcome, uh, lack of media attention we have to overcome yeah. as well. We have a lot of hurdles to clear. That's why we need to to really exponentially turn out in well, the next election. Sure, and it also causes this short-term memory loss on the behalf of swing voters from coast to coast. Because whatever always ends up happening, and I think I've run through this entire timeline in the past, where there'll be some sort of disastrous Republican president, say George W. Bush or Donald Trump, of course, and uh, everyone has to rend their garments, how terrible this Republican president is. Well, you know what? Well, fuck it. We're never going to vote for another Republican ever again. And that includes the, uh, the bootlickers in Congress, too. And invariably, four years later, or even two years later, it's like uh, 2010 or it, what p potentially could happen this year. Suddenly people are going back in a voting booth or casting their mail-in ballots going, yeah, maybe we'll give those Republicans another shot. I'm like, no, what are you doing? What, are you crazy? Why would you ever in a million years think about putting Republicans back in charge? After or, everything that we have observed over that previous four-year presidency, you're going to go and you're going to elect more Republicans? What's wrong with your short-term? It's like that Tom Hanks character from SNL, Mr. Short-Term Memory. He's eating dinner and he keeps forgetting what he's doing. So suddenly he's got food in his mouth because, of course, he's eating dinner. And he goes, Bleh, why is there food in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> but why are you voting for Republicans?
Oh, my God. That's one of and the things people, I'll never understand. Some people will do it to punish Democrats for not accomplishing what they think the Democrats should have accomplished. And mm-hmm. it's they do so, if they do so, they do so with the uh, lack of understanding yeah. of the effort that Democrats have. The, the Democratic House has passed everything you want. Right. Everything you want has yes. already been passed by the Democratic House. The uh, the object, the, the problem is the Senate mm-hmm. and Mansion and Cinema and the fact that we don't have enough Democratic senators there. Elect a few more Democratic senators, and this problem goes away. Uh, changing parties is the wrong way to go. Yeah. Uh, we we almost got this, but only almost. Uh, we need to be put over the top. I, I think people get frustrated, and then they say, well, those guys are in charge, so I'm frustrated with everything, so let's just try this other thing. It's like... I don't know why people keep going back to punch themselves in the face. I don't know why they keep doing it. Malaise is contagious. Yeah. And the, the, the news media has been spreading it and, uh, you know, giving, trying to give people reason to be unhappy about Biden, whether yeah. it's a supply chain or a pandemic or whatever. Uh, and uh, the, the problem with that is, uh, you know, it's, it's first of all, it's not he's doing everything he can. Mm-hmm. The Democratic House is doing everything they can. We're just short Democratic senators. And uh, so, you know, turning that around, going t- turning Republican is absolutely the wrong way to go. Yeah. We need to go farther in this direction. The reason we're not accomplishing is because we haven't gone far enough in electing a Democratic representative. The standard has to be governing. And so often these days, especially now, now more than ever, it's always sort of been there, but now more than ever, people tend to evaluate elected leaders based on things that have nothing to do with governing. They go, oh, is their attitude correct? Are they, yeah. are, did they say something weird in the news last week? Or are they being paid? Painted as wimps by painted the as. press or something. Yeah, just there like nonsense. And, and that's what happens. The, the, the press creates this fog that there's something wrong with Biden. And even yeah. if they can't put their finger quite on it, and even if they're not covering both sides fairly, mm-hmm. properly, uh, they, they just create a reasonable doubt. Yeah, yeah. The media creates reasonable doubt in the minds of the public. And then the public gets the idea, well, that must be how everybody feels. Yeah, yeah. And so if everybody feels that way, then I feel that way too. And that's why... That's how malaise is contagious. And I know exactly why the press does what it does sometimes. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the entire press. Obviously, there are right. you know, people who are doing a fine job, but there are a lot of people who are just dropping the ball left and right. We all know who they are. The problem is there is only a certain amount of space that can be filled up on the front page of a website. There's only a certain amount of space that can be filled up during a 24-hour news cycle on cable news. And so what happens is, Knowing that, knowing that there are, there's the same bucket to be filled up every damn day, they take with Donald Trump, fills up the bucket. But it's deeply and powerfully abnormal things, they, destructive things, damaging things. But then they, you know, they empty the bucket, Joe Biden comes around, fill the bucket for Joe Biden too. So there's this false equivalence because they feel as though they have to uh, produce the same number of stories about normal, completely traditional President Joe Biden uh, mm-hmm. as they did with highly damaging, abnormal, anti-democratic, 
authoritarian, probably fascist uh, Donald Trump. And that's where this disparity comes in. People are seeing the same number of negative stories about Joe Biden, maybe more negative stories about Joe Biden than they saw negative stories about yeah. Donald Trump. And I'm not talking about those of us who are on the left and we follow the news and we're on Twitter 24-7. I'm talking about regular people, swing voters who go to work all day and, and kind of only tangentially follow the news. This is the impression that they take away, that both sides are equally shitty because both sides get an equal number of negative stories mm-hmm. written about them, generally speaking. Right. And if you follow Dan Frumkin, you follow and- Eric Bollert, you'll see many, many more negative stories about Joe Biden. Take the job numbers, for example. <laughs> and and we're not we're not asking for kiss-ass stories. No, we're asking, no. We're not asking for kid-glove treatment of mm-hmm. Joe Biden. We're asking for, you know, r- rationality. Uh, we're yeah. asking for democracy versus chaos yeah so it's it's immensely frustrating and i'm completely expecting uh you know stories like the youngkin story out of virginia Mm -hmm. to be uh, lumped back into the laps of the democrats for example where you know fairfax county and other virginia counties are pushing back against glenn youngkin and lifting the uh the mask mandates and so on and the counties are going you know what we're keeping those in place you're not going to put our students at risk or anything like that we're going to put the school mask mandates back in place Mm -hmm. one day, it says here, uh, after Virginia's new Republican governor took office and canceled the state's mask mandate for schools, mm-hmm. Fairfax County educates Yunkin on the basic facts. They are proven effective. Masks are. Superintendent mm-hmm. said, uh, superintendent of Fairfax County Public Schools said, FCPS will continue universal masking for all students and staff. Somehow this is going to be spun like, uh, why won't the Democrats do what Glenn Youngkin wants? I mean, after all, he had this mandate, didn't he? Which he really didn't. But I'm expecting some sort of spin <laughs> to put this back in the laps of the, the Democrats here. Yeah, but and we're worse than that, Youngkin now plans to cut off funding for those counties, a, yeah. la, uh, a la DeSantis. I mean, he's, right. he's going the DeSantis route on that. Oh, Virginia, God. as a couple of people have pointed out on Twitter, Virginia is now Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and things are not going to be much different there. And why is that, Bob? It's because not enough Democrats turned out to vote. That's right. That's right. It's just that simple. Yeah. If this is what you want, this is what you're going to get unless you and a whole lot of other people get out and vote uh, in November. Yeah, and those of us who, who do vote every time there's an election, whether primary or general election, uh, we also have a responsibility to, you know, grab the, you know, the people who are lagging behind, you know, the people mm-hmm. who refuse yes. to vote, yes. maybe are registered but don't get out to vote, maybe who are right. unregistered and need to register and then get out to vote. And we're talking about Democrats here. Don't go out and start registering Republicans. Thank you very much. When we, right. This often happens right before an election where we say, hey, register to vote and then vote. And we don't say who. And so then we're doing the other side's job for them. And let them get their own voters out. We're going to get our Democrats out to vote because we're talking about binary elections here. It's the Republicans or the Democrats. It is, in my eyes, aside from the prosecutions, our only hope yeah, at this abso- point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on that subject, if I may bring up something else, I've been reading that um, a number of people expressing an opinion that we're not going to win any votes by saying that uh, democracy is, is, you know, in peril. Yeah, I've seen that. That that, that, that that's not a a good strategy. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's your feeling about that? What do you think the strategy should be? 
Um, I don't think there's any harm in pointing out the villains and and continuing to demonize the villains. I think that is a, a, a decent strategy. I think it's a, I, I think it works. I, you know, I don't know how else to because the villain and, and then you obviously go from the villains to what the villains are doing, which is right. uh, slowly unwinding American democracy. And there is plenty of evidence think, for it. I think we need to be specific. Uh, I think we need to, to, to TV ads and internet ads that say. Uh, the Republicans are quashing your right to vote. The Republicans yeah. are stomping on your right to vote and then give specific examples of how uh, this will hurt you, the viewer. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think more messages like that, uh, rather than just saying uh, they're, they're, they're autocrats, they're going to destroy democracy uh, and, and you know pulling a hair on fire sort of uh, act, I, I think maybe what we should do instead is, is specifically say Republicans have stepped on your rights to vote. And here's mm -hmm. how. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and and the way to fight back is to vote. It's challenging because you wonder, you know, when it comes down to swing voters or as it's colloquially called, uh, you know, the folks. It's hard to get hard to get the folks on board when they're seeing, uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever fiction they see in the press. It's hard to get them on board by saying, yeah, democracy is in danger of disappearing here. And they're going, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, a, it's too conceptual to say, for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. It's too conceptual, and we need to be more specific and say, here's how they've, here's how Republicans have made it harder for you to vote. You pick one thing. I mean, with right. going back to Glenn Youngkin, for example, the one thing there was a very specific attack against Democrats, and it was this bullshit critical race theory thing, uh, which is born out of racism. It's another dog whistle, another Southern strategy bit of bullshit that tends to work right. throughout the country and not just in the South these days. But that's a good example of being really specific about one thing that is kind of right. like a test subject or a for example, uh, you know, of the broader problem as they see it. And we got to boil it down to that. We got to be specific and it's got to be salient and it's got to be something that resonates. And there are probably many people who make a lot more money than I do who are a lot better at doing that than I am. So hopefully they will uh, they will have hopefully. some ideas and, and move forward in that sense. Uh, you know, it's still hard to know this early exactly what's going to resonate in September, November, or September, October, November. Uh, it's a long ways away. A lot of things can happen between now ever, and then. Do you ever wonder or worry if even the right messaging isn't enough? If there's just no, you ever wonder or worry oh, that God. there's just no yeah. moving the needle? <laughs> yes. Holy shit. I get the sense that no matter what the democratic message is, we as liberals are not necessarily wired to rubber stamp the party message. It's I said I mentioned on the show uh, it was a Thursday show a couple of weeks ago. I said if a great message falls in the forest and there are no liberals around to retweet it, does it make a sound? And the answer is no. Uh, Joe Biden has you know delivered quite a few barn burner speeches. His voting rights speech in Atlanta the other day, for example, lots of things that we could excerpt and we can post on social media, do the clips, do the hashtags, and all the whole nine yards. And we just, we don't, because I, I think, and I don't know, this is in some ways it's, it can be spun as a positive thing. In this case, it's definitely a negative thing that I think we've got with the Democratic Party, we've got 82 million chefs in the kitchen. We all think 
that we have the answers for what's going to save the Democratic Party, what's going to get more Democrats elected. And some of us think that Democrats shouldn't be elected. I mean, there's a whole faction who, you know, are on the far left periphery of all of this who don't give a shit about the Democrats and they're actively working against the Democrats. And we know who all the names are. Mm -hmm. And so that's an additional chore to to drag those people in line and they'll they'll never be dragged in line. I I worry more about the recipients of the message. Uh, Is there any moving them, uh, you know, I'm talking about uh, uh, so-called independents, so-called conservatives. Is there any reaching them? Can their needle be moved? That's a really, really good question. And uh, these days, I think when it comes to issues of substance, I think that's increasingly challenging. Because we live in the era of uh, negative partisanship. We live in the era of cults of personality. We live in the era of superficial judgments on politicians. And yeah. I don't. I don't disagree with uh, the, the statement that uh, the Democrats have too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't disagree with that, but I think we need to stop beating up ourselves because I think that's one of the strong points of the Democratic Party. I, I think. I think well, what concerns me more are everyone else. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, everyone else, and and how we can reach any of those people, just enough of them, to to set things right in our government. Well, I hope it's possible. And I I do think um, that the midterms aren't a foregone conclusion at this point. I do think that anybody's game. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly the polls are showing one thing right now. But as I said a second ago, we're way too early in the game to know exactly what's going to happen in November. We've been very excited about uh, the prospect of uh, live televised congressional hearings starting uh, next month in February and running through the summer, uh, which will be a perfect lead up to the election. Uh, There's a hope and a feeling that uh, these live televised primetime hearings will help turn some Americans around just as the live televised primetime hearings did in Watergate. Mm Mm-hmm. Will they, or are we in such a different time now that the live coverage won't make any difference? I guess it depends on what media some of the swing voters are watching. Because obviously the Republicans are going to miss most of it, and whatever they see, they're going to just shoot ridiculous holes all in it. Well, some of that happened in Nixon's time, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, But it still, it still brought the country around. You can see the poll numbers and how they changed from the time the Watergate hearings uh, began to yeah, Nixon's yeah. resignation. And we're hoping at least to, to see some version of that this time if uh if the meeting if the uh if the hearings are as hot and and heated as i think they're going to be mm-hmm. uh lots of media most media will be carrying it it will be hard to escape uh the coverage and uh, i think that will help us also and like you said it depends on how much media coverage there is and 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 who's watching it uh what we do is hopefully blanket so much of the media it's almost impossible to avoid well, let's talk about, uh, in just a second here, let's talk about some uh, voter suppression uh, that uh, continues to happen. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that. Plus, uh, we've got some good news. Uh, we have Ooh, actual please. good news here and there. So, so don't oh, worry. I'm so glad I, I showed up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God there's some good news this week. Well, today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If there's something depressing you, you can't get out of bed, it's eating away at you, you can't seem to shake it, negative thoughts, just feeling generally down, uh, an overall malaise, 
Don't sweat it. We've got a solution for you. It's called BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely on the internet. BetterHelp is going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. You can log into your account anytime you want and send a message to your therapist and get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. No waiting rooms. Don't have to worry about masks or going in there with COVID all around. Don't sweat it. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available too. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Seska. That's your address. Write it down. Memorize it. That's betterhelp.com slash C-E-S-C-A. And join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And now your special offer for Bob Seska Show listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Seska. That's betterhelp.com slash Seska. And we thank you. Bob Seska. This guy is going to be on Kimberly Johnson's show, Start Me Up. Patreon.com slash Start Me Up. Yeah, Freak Base. <laughs> I would worry, Bob. <laughs> I'm terribly worried. I, you know what? You know what? I'm not worried at all. Freak Base is a nice man. He's not going to encroach on my territory, is he? I don't have to feel well, territorial about this. I don't have to. We, we love his music, and I love this song. Oh, yeah. This is called uh, Hypnotic Woman. His brand new yeah. single, FreakBase.com. Support Freak. Yeah, one of the best of the best right here. And you know what? The other thing, as far as our indie music goes, that I've been listening to a lot lately, is the great Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith, their brand new album called Cosmologica. I've been yeah. listening to that thing because I'm a prog nerd. I love prog rock. It's, you know, the 70s yeah. prog yeah. rock, the epic 20-minute songs. Yes, Rush, uh, <laughs> yes, Genesis. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and these guys, Cersei Link and uh, Christian Nesmith, did one of the greatest, and not just in terms of indie bands, this is one of the greatest prog rock albums ever recorded, wow. ever. I strongly urge you to go and download Cosmologica by Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith. Just amazing. All right. Uh, any music countdown, by the way, in a couple of weeks. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, you know what? Here's some good news for you, Buzz. Yes, please. Thank God DirecTV has dropped OAN. Yeah. yeah round of applause. Thank you, DirecTV. Doing the right thing. We're... Where is everyone I, else on this, by the way? <laughs> DirecTV is owned by AT&T. Yeah. And uh, when we all found out that AT&T had funded OAN, mm -hmm. uh, had, had given it startup money and money to keep going, yeah. a lot of us left AT&T and DirecTV because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is their, their way of... It, but this is a, actually a beautiful example. I don't know that any boycott was ever announced per se. It's just people started, including myself, Dropping AT and T and going with a different company, uh, one that we were, you know, not not so concerned about uh, participating in the overthrow of the U.S. government. <laughs> yeah, uh, as AT 
AT&T was funding there. And so uh, this is the least they could do. But it, 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 what this means is the probable certain death of, uh, of OAN, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, this was their, one of their primary sources of revenue. And without that AT&T DirecTV lifeline, uh, it will it is expected to fold. Yeah. Uh, so sad. So sad. Now, who's next? Roku? Are you going to drop OAN, Roku? Oh, you got to drop yeah. OAN. Same with YouTube you, Comcast. TV. Yeah. You know, I use YouTube TV as my cable uh, substitute because I, for me, it's the best choice. Uh, unfortunately, they, like a lot of cable companies, uh, still carry uh, OAN and yeah, yeah. Uh, and Fox News, for that matter. Uh, make that stop. You know, we and, and by the way, people talk about boycotting the sponsor of Fox and that sort of thing. Nothing would hurt Fox more than for cable companies to drop them because most mm-hmm. of Fox's revenue comes from those cable fees uh, from satellite services and cable companies. Uh, Fox could live without its sponsors. It cannot live without uh, that cable, that sweet cable money. Yeah, yeah, and Fox is only getting worse, Fox News, because yes. now they've made Jesse Waters the 7 o'clock host. Jesse Waters, who's, I don't know, Jesse Waters and Greg Gutfeld, neck and neck in terms of who's who's the bigger dick on Fox News Channel. And I'm not talking about who has the bigger dick, because right, neither no. of them do. But it's, it's who is the bigger dick on Fox News Channel. And it's really a toss-up. I mean, as far as, you know, faces, like given the option of which face to punch, I'd get confused and kind of walk away. Like, I have no choice here. There is no right way to punch here. Fox News combined with a lack of education is the reason we're in the mess we're in today. Yep, yep. Roger Ailes is like patient zero Mm -hmm. for a lot of this. Obviously, in in a political sense, you can go back to Reagan, maybe even Richard Nixon, and chart this uh, movement into, or this descent into authoritarianism, into uh, fascist idiocracy. And, uh, you know, Roger Ailes had a lot to do with it. Roger Ailes basically took people like Ronald Reagan, took people like George W. Bush, Donald Trump, and was kind of the publicity arm of that entire movement. And that's what made the far-right Trump Tea Party, uh, you know, the whole bullshit fascist movement uh, go around and around and around. And so here we are. Okay, uh, let's see. So we got to work on the next, whatever the next platform is to eliminate OAN and Newsmax and all of these ridiculous. And disinformers, Fox, yeah. yeah, Fox News, and all the rest of it. But you know, the streaming space is a big uh, question mark. You know, uh, who controls the streaming space? Who? What are the platforms for all of that? Because all of these networks have streaming uh, services, OAN, right. Newsmax, and and it's Roku, isn't it? Isn't Roku like the big one? Is uh, the, I, you know, they're not exclusive. There's Apple TV. There are other devices. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So there are multiple. <laughs> Multiple platforms. I, sometimes I sound, I hear myself and I sound so old when I'm talking about this stuff. <laughs> what do they do? How do they stream it? Do they put it on my TV through magic? Are there little demons inside my television? I don't know. Yeah, even LG, uh, the TV manufacturer, or <laughs> LG, decides yeah. whose apps will go on its TVs and whose won't. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's see. You know, Donald Trump seemed to know about the forged electors. We've been talking about this oh, yeah. uh, since and last so did week. Pence. Yeah. 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 Well, there were a bunch of tweets. Someone collected several tweets by Donald Trump that seemed to indicate he recognized uh, that there were fake electors out there, forged electors. Yes. And now we're talking at least seven states. It was up from f- at least five before. Now I think yeah. it's, it's around seven. It is seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, he tweeted this is back on January 6th, 2021. If Vice President Mike Pence comes through for us, we will win the presidency. Many states want to decertify the mistake they made. Mm-hmm. And certifying incorrect. 
and even fraudulent numbers in a process not approved by their state legislatures, which it must be, Mike can send it back. There's another example of this uh, Eastman memo strategy playing out that it also involved these forged electors. The states want to redo their votes. This is another separate tweet on January 6th. They found out they voted on a fraud. Legislatures never approved. Let them do it. Be strong, he tweeted. And uh, another one here, states want to correct their votes. What he's saying here, states want to send these fake electors, Alternate these Republicans. Fake. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And that was supposed to, you know, get to Mike Pence, and he was supposed to go, well, I don't know, which are the right electors here? The ones that were certified or these other bullshit forged ones? I right. don't know. So let's send but, this to the House of Representatives. But Pence never had any doubt. He knew that there were phony slates of electors and yeah. included something in his uh, little speech uh, before the counting began mm-hmm. uh, that has never been included in that speech before to specifically say, you know, alternate uh, ballots will not be accepted. Yeah. Uh, that's a, in all the years that vice presidents have uh, led the counting of the ballots, uh, this is the only time that's ever been said. Why did Pence say that? Because he knew there were false slates of electors. Mm-hmm. Why did Trump uh, write tweet what he tweeted those four times on January 6th? Because he knew there were phony slates of electors. And yep. now, and see, this is where I get optimistic. This is where I get excited. Because uh, now we know that of all the phony electors that signed all those phony documents in, in the seven states, 27 of those people were plaintiffs in Sidney Powell's lawsuit. Wow. And were affiliated with Mike Flynn. So you have Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn, 27 of these people who signed uh, bogus uh, electoral ballots. Uh, <laughs> and, and bless you. Thank you. And uh, I, so it, this is all tying together very nicely. We have Trump, we have Pence, mm-hmm. we have Mike Flynn, we have the people who signed the, the phony ballots. Uh, this is all beginning to tie together very nicely, make a very complete and neat picture. Uh, and I'm very excited about that because that's being investigated now by both the, the J6 committee and by the, the the DOJ. I have to warn you, I might sneeze again. I feel another sneeze coming on, but so I'm going to plow forward anyway, and if I interrupt with a sneeze, you'll have to forgive me. So That's fine. I had lunch during the last commercial break. So. <laughs> okay, you bastard. All right. Uh, <laughs> there, there are a couple of other examples of Donald Trump trying to cheat in elections, and uh, I think this needs to be categorized in the same on the same ledger as uh, Ukraine, as the insurrection, and all the rest of it. These two things. His other attempt to cheat in uh, the election, and this has more to do with congressional elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, now CNN is reporting that new documents show census officials were concerned about political interference from Trump's Commerce Department. This has to do right. with the census. Uh, records show career officials alarmed by pressure from political appointees to alter processes for tallying undocumented immigrants and citizenship data that would likely result in GOP gains in the U.S. House of Representatives. Records are among hundreds of documents that the liberal-leaning Brennan Center for Justice at New York University's law school obtained in a lawsuit filed in September of 2020. And these show, I mean, career officials at the Census Bureau uh, drafted a memo uh, showing concerns during the Trump administration's attempts to exert political pressure on the Census Bureau during the 2020 population count. So he was trying to rig the census in order to get a better congressional map for Republicans. And this is, yeah, this is an attempt. You got to categorize this as, as cheating. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is just one prong of that. Uh, they cheated in every single way they could think of. And it's somewhat gratifying to know that they every method, every means they could concoct to cheat and to, to try to pull a win out of a loss in this yeah. election, they left no stone unturned in looking for ways to cheat. And mm -hmm. they still failed. Absolutely. Now, they, they won't necessarily fail next time. In fact, they probably wouldn't, given the chance. But uh, the fact that they tried and failed is, for now, uh, somewhat gratifying. So, yeah, we knew about the kind of the racist intent of the monkeying with the census with regard to, uh, you know, undocumented sure. workers. We also and so knew on. it was political uh, yeah. districting for yeah. districting. Yeah. yeah, right. But now we have the, the news here is the, uh, the memo written by top career officials at the mm -hmm. Census Bureau Thank indicating goodness. that this was going on, that direct pressure was coming from the White House to monkey around with the numbers in order to give the Republicans better congressional maps. And that was is... Was there ever any question? You know, I mean, it's good to have this proof and bless them for putting that on the record. Memo to self, uh, writing yourself an email about uh, some corrupt event that occurs is uh, one of the best things a person can do. Yep, yep. And the other attempt, the other way they tried to cheat in the election, I mean, among the ones we already know, is uh, this is a, a, from a tweet written by Ron Filipowski. And in a new video, Trump tells the Pennsylvania GOP why he's placing an emphasis on supervisor of elections races in 2022. Trump said in this video, we have to be a lot sharper the next time when it comes to counting the vote. Sometimes the vote counter is more important than the candidate. They have to get a lot tougher and smarter. So there's money being spent by Trump and Trump-adjacent oh, yeah. operatives who are trying to elect uh, Trump loyalists to these uh, supervisors of elections positions in order to rig the counting of the vote. This is why we need Democrats to run. Uh, one fair criticism of Democrats is that we're too focused on the national elections uh, and ignore yeah. the local level elections. This is where and how they're beating us. We need good Democratic candidates for school board, for city council, for yeah. county commission, for election commissioner, for judges. We need to start uh, paying, uh, not only paying attention to that, but focusing on local politics. Well, you know, and you wonder too. Why do they keep expanding their voter suppression efforts? What is driving them to do this? Why can they not win They're without voter numbers. suppression? Yeah, well, They're it's... They're shrinking tent? Yeah, well, that's just it. They're too crazy to win without the voter suppression. The level of voter suppression rises with the right. level of crazy. The more crazy, and by crazy, I mean... This uh, careening toward fascist idiocracy, the racism, the ridiculousness that we see on OAN and the QAnon people and the insurrections and all that shit. The more that gets crazier, as that grows worse and worse and worse, more destructive and more destructive, then they have to do these voter suppression efforts to make up for the damage that that creates with their own stakes in the elections. So when uh, with, with the more crazy they get, the more suppression there is. And the way I started thinking about this um, after Rachel Bittekoffer tweeted a list of Republicans who in 2006 voted to reauthorize the Voting Rights Act. So, well, how can these 16. Republicans, yeah, how can these Republicans, 16 Republicans, exactly. Mm -hmm. How can these 16 Republicans vote to support the Voting Rights Act in 2006, but yet they're voting against voting rights now? What happened? Well, they're, they're crazier now. So uh, I tweeted at the time, I said, Republicans used to be able to win elections 
with a fully intact Voting Rights Act because they hadn't fully embraced the kooks, doofuses, conspiracy theorists, and Nazis. Now that they have, they have no choice but to circumvent democracy so they can keep being crazy and win anyway. So there's, I think, the secret formula for why we're seeing what we're seeing, why these efforts are getting to the point where now it's no longer just voter ID and monkeying with the number of uh, uh, voting booths in a polling place. It's now down to, well, let's rig it so that the state legislatures can throw out the will of the people. Let's rig it so that, you know, just the entire slate of big lie laws that have been passed over the past year. Republicans used to chase votes. They used to try to win votes. Now they only try to suppress the votes of their opposition. It reminds me a little bit of what happened to me and other people at CBS and and in broadcasting in general when uh, after being told for decades, ratings, 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 ratings are everything. It's the number of people listening. Ratings are everything. That's uh, That's what your entire focus should be. But then one day... They came to us and said ratings don't matter anymore. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not going to chase ratings anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we were all trained and paid to do. Yep, uh, they had a different plan that didn't require uh, high-paid talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, it, it required uh, uh, doing what would sell commercially as opposed to what the public actually wanted. Yeah, and uh, the Republicans have kind of done the same thing here. Well, we don't need. Uh, we're we're going to stop chasing voters. Yeah, and we're going to uh, handle this from the top. That's it kind of happened with my TV show on VH1. And I'm not trying to shoehorn in a pat on the back for myself on this in our broader discussion of ratings. But uh, my show did very well in the ratings, all things considered. It was on VH1, which wasn't really right. a network that you'd expect to see cartoons or sketch comedy on. Right. But given that, we did pretty well in the ratings. That was entirely irrelevant, though, when it came to renewing for season three. Because it was all about the head of the network and what he wanted creatively for the broader network. So he was already shifting VH1 into the celeb reality space. And an animated sketch comedy show didn't fit in in with, uh, you know, Breaking Bonaducci and some of the other shows that he wanted to do on the network. So uh, that all went away. Didn't matter. Yeah, that's a little bit different. And one of the things that uh, we as talent have to remember, like when I auditioned to do commercials, for example, which I don't do, I've never been much of a pavement pounder, but but on the occasions that I have... uh, competed with other voice actors for for jobs uh what i have to tell myself what actors have to tell themselves when they audition and don't get the part is it's not you it's not they're not saying you're you're bad they're saying they're you're not the flavor they're looking for right now yeah and that's what that's what happened to you you were there's nothing wrong with your show it just wasn't the flavor they were looking for yeah and uh you know sometimes that's that's just the way it goes timing yeah timing's everything uh and you know what guess what i have some more good news i've got uh, a few oh, few items it. of good news. We're going to wrap up the show with several items of good news here. <laughs> because goodness. we're both Eeyore today, so I figured <laughs> got to end with some good news. But first, yes, please. if you're only listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska Show on Apple Podcasts and so on, you're only hearing the first hour. You're only hearing the first two acts. You're missing the final third of the show mm-hmm. because there's an additional 20 minutes after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday show. And it's all happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow 
Auto Docket podcast at bobseskashow.com. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. The Shadow Docket drops every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows. It's only going to cost you $5 per month, and you'll be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. FOMO is real. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And we thank you. Bob Seska plays more music. The moment that you smiled at me, oh, I knew I belonged to you. Tonight we're setting sail together. A kind of a music theme going on today. This is a song called Hypnotized. We played uh, Freak Bass and Billy Sheehan performing Hypnotic Woman earlier on the show. Uh-huh. And this is The Hushed with a T at the end. Song called Hypnotized. TheHushed.com slash hypnotized to downloads. Great song. Love these guys. Uh, again, that's H U S H T. The Hushed. And link in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. And, of course, bobseska.com slash music to submit your stuff to the show. And we thank you in advance. All right. Nice. Yeah, uh, some good news here to wrap up the show. First, uh, the Democrats apparently have another plan to force Republicans into a talking filibuster against the voting rights bills. Good. So, so this story hasn't, this book hasn't closed yet. There may mm. still be a chance. It's a narrow chance. This is not, this is not a foolproof option buzz. They may still, the Republicans may still be able to wiggle out of this. A second Democratic senator, a few Democratic senators, in fact, have confirmed that colleagues are reviewing the idea of forcing Republicans to stage a talking filibuster to block voting rights legislation. Senators explain that if Republicans don't occupy the floor with speeches and procedural motions, voting rights legislation should be allowed to come up for a final passage under the Senate's rules. James Walner, a former Senate Republican aide and expert on Senate procedure, says that Democrats could pass voting rights legislation with a simple majority vote if they're willing to put up with a lengthy battle on the floor. And I think they are. That's just oh, me yeah. talking. I'm not saying that's Walner talking. I think they are ready for this. Certainly would make good television, but can we get uh, Mansion and Cinema, or can we get a couple of Republicans? Hey, you know, it was just really. Good I don't think it girl. matters in this plan. It doesn't matter if Mansion and Cinema go along with it because this isn't about the filibuster. This would be this about voting th- rights. Yeah, so. this would be about cloture. The next hurdle they have to go through in order to pass one of these voting rights bills is uh, to end debate. And in order to end the debate on the floor, which is happening now. They have to do another cloture motion, and if that fails, then the Republicans will have successfully filibustered the voting rights. But but they can use this plan that's outlined by James Walner about forcing the Republicans into a talking filibuster in this case. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, there may be a little bit of hope. There may be a way to hurdle 
this 60 vote I hope so. ridiculousness at the end of the uh, debate on the voting rights act. I so, think they should pursue crossed. it. I think yeah. I think it would be good TV and and because it would be good TV, I think it would be an effective political tool to do that. I uh, I, I there was this very attractive girl in high school. Yeah. And uh, you know, I uh, didn't have a great opinion of myself, so I figured <laughs> I'd never have a chance with her or anyone else that's that good looking. <laughs> And so uh, we're at a party, and a bunch of us are just kind of laying around toward the end of the evening. And uh, she says to me, uh, I would have dated you if you'd asked. And I <laughs> Thanks said, a lot. I said, well, how about now? She said, no. <laughs> um, and, and that reminded me, I was reminded of that story when I heard about Mitt Romney saying, you know, I would have voted for, for voting rights if uh, yeah. Joe Biden had asked me to. Mm-hmm. He wanted a personal invitation, and you know that even if he got the personal invitation, he still wouldn't do it. Of course but not. But it, it, Mitt Romney reminded me of that girl saying, you know, well, I would have, but, you know, well, no, not now. Forget it. Yeah, that's absolute um, bullshit. There's no way. <laughs> they, Joe Manchin spent months going around trying to get Republican votes for his ver version of the voting rights bills. Idiot. Yeah. And so I'm sure one of the first doors he knocked on was Mitt Romney's door. It may not have necessarily come from Joe Biden, but that wasn't Joe Biden's task at the time. Right. You know, and I and I assure you, the, the legislative liaison from the White House absolutely contacted Mitt Romney's office about this, about the filibuster, about a bunch of other shit, Build Back Better, all of it, trying to wow. appeal to Mitt Romney's humanity, whatever Mitt, there's left in his positronic brain. Mitt, but, Mitt would have dated. Mitt would have yeah. dated us if we just asked him. Yeah, yeah. Mitt oh, Romney man. took out his emotion chip. Those of you Star Trek fans <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meantime, former Trumpers, former Trump White House staffers are strategizing to stop Trump. We reported on this, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, and there's a whole bunch of them. Around 15, I think. At least 15. Three dozen. Oh, now? Oh, it's grown. <laughs> yeah. I, when I first heard about it, it was 15. I'm glad to hear it's grown. Now it's up to three dozen former Trump administration officials disillusioned with their former boss and concerned mm -hmm. about his impact on the GOP and the nation held right. a conference call last Monday to discuss efforts to fend off his efforts to, in their view, erode the democratic process Several participants have told CNN. The only items the group seemed to agree upon in its first meeting, however, were that they're not sure what their way forward should be and that they are way behind the efforts of former President Donald Trump and his allies to set the stage for 22 and 24 and beyond. So they have to get hustling here in order for that to work. Of course, we're talking about Scaramucci. We're talking about Alyssa Farrah Griffin. We're talking about Olivia Troy. Who else? Elizabeth Newman, uh, Chris Krebs, Stephanie Grisham is another Grisham, one. We've, right. Yeah, we, Grisham she has kinda, been... She kind of started this, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is good. I mean, this is another area where they could possibly do some damage i mean it doesn't yeah. take much plus they're still loyal republicans they're not necessarily right. okay well now we're democrats now so fuck everything they they, they said they plan to travel the country and yeah. uh, campaign against trump in that regard we, yeah. you know we could only hope that that does some good uh, mm -hmm. but it's encouraging to see uh, some people at least rising up against him and finally, uh, there are several Senate Democrats right now who are confident that DOJ will, in fact, prosecute Donald Trump. Uh -huh. We're talking about Richard Blumenthal here, uh, Tim, so. Tim Kaine, Sherrod Brown. They're all on the record saying, 
Hey, you know, look, uh, well, for example, Tim Kaine said uh, they have all the evidence at their disposal. He said, my intuition is that they are looking carefully at whether Trump broke the law. And he said, my sense is they're looking at everything in a diligent way and they haven't made a decision yet. Right. I, and, yeah. and, and I'm sorry, I was just going to interject that DOJ has not been pursuing Trump until now, until what I was talking about just a moment ago, yep. this revelation that 27 of the false electors uh, were part of the legal effort that was uh, part of uh, Sidney's effort and uh, and Giuliani and, and Mike Flynn. Uh, and then uh, that ties together with uh, Trump's tweets. Uh, this is all coming together very nicely in terms of prosecution. Absolutely. So that's uh, that's all encouraging news. I mean, this is why I'm optimistic. That's the these are the things I'm holding on to this week. <laughs> yes. So cup half full, cup half empty may be the exactly. title of the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> man, is this? It's one of those things. It's 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 that period of time in our history where I think we're all experiencing the same up and down emotions, the same roller coaster of emotions I, every damn yeah. day as we follow this. I, I would consider malaise is contagious myself. But. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you know what? It's probably not a good idea. And I've said it already on today's show, too. I've, I've said the word malaise. And uh, politically speaking, that always harkens back to the Republican attacks on Jimmy Carter. Remember the malaise uh, days of Jimmy Carter? Right, that was like right, a right. that was like a thing. So I'm always cautioned by it, other people. Don't a, say malaise, Bob. <laughs> it was a word before that, and it's a word still. So. Yes. So we're allowed so to use that word if we want That's to. Right. So We're not going to let anybody co-opt that word. It's ours, Dad. That's it. exactly fucking right. So... Okay, uh, on the Shadow Docket, coming up next, uh, yes. we've got some good news, we have some weird news, and then we have some, uh, like a TV observation that I want to talk with you about. Because you're Great. also- I love to talk about, yeah, I love to talk about TV, and can we also squeeze in something about Trump versus DeSantis? Yes! Oh, shit, yeah, we were going to cool. talk about that on the free portion of the show, we'll just shove that over well, into the uh, Shadow Docket. you to be a Patreon member, I guess. <laughs> All right. Why didn't you remind me, damn you? I forget, I, I forget what I did yesterday. Um, but yeah, it, we're both fans of Star Trek, and so there's there's an mm -hmm. interesting thing afoot right now in television that has to do with Star Trek, hmm. and not many people know that this is an actual thing. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, the silent prequel to Star Trek that is on right now. In fact, it's in, it's in season two, it's about to start season three. And it's happening right now. So we're going to talk there's about no, that. Yeah. There's no future in silent films, Bob. <laughs> All right. That's happening on the Shadow Docket. It's the last third of the show that you're missing if you're not on our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Sign up at $5 a month and you get it. If you sign up at $10 a month, by the way, you not only get the Shadow Docket, but you also get the Friday After Party. And here, I never talk about it. $15 a month is going to get you the Shadow Docket twice a week. It's going to get you the after party once a week. And it's also going to get you a commercial free version of this show where we combine the free show and the shadow docket into one big chunk. And you can listen to it while you're commute, while you're working out, while you're taking your walks, while you're jogging anytime you want to. BobSuskaShow.com. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. More fun. More music. The Bob Seska Show. If you love and you don't you could leave, but you won't. Why not try not to care? Just like him. Well, it seems such a waste. Cause the love that you trace.
cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader